0: Hello, once again. We have covered the whole gamut of topics in this first series of future thinking from the theoretical to the potential future and beyond. For this week's episode, we're taking a look at the cold, hard reality of real assets with our guest, Tony Darwood. In December 2014, Tony became CEO of Gresham House and brought in a new management team that has transformed the company from an investment trust into an AIM listed specialist asset management group. In our discussion, Tony talks about that transition, liquidity in his sector, and what lessons he learned along the way as well as what ramifications of COVID-19 could be for those seeking to expand into this fast moving area. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us, Tony. Pleasure. Good to be here. So one of the reasons we're talking is you are at the forefront of real assets. You've been working in the real assets industry, so to speak, for a number of years now. Could you talk me through what happened when you came into Gresham House in 2014 and what transformation you undertook then?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, it has been quite a profound transformation over the last five years. Um, back in 2014, Gresham House, which had been listed for around 60 years and in existence for over 150 years, uh, was an investment trust that had been winding down for a number of years. was only about a £12 million market cap business at the time with a, a couple of properties effectively on the balance sheet. Um, my background prior to that was at Schroeder Ventures, where I was CEO of their London business. Uh, and what I'd recognised during the financial crisis in 2009, 10, 11, was the change in a couple of things uh, from investors, particularly the increase in asset allocation to alternatives, uh, but also the fact that they wanted to get alongside and more aligned with their in, their asset managers uh, than they had been historically. So I had those two characteristics in mind. And so when we were looking at how could we build this business? And and Gresham House popped up with some relationships uh, suggesting, should we have a look at, Could we come up with a plan for it? We went to the board at that stage and said, look, shall we turn it from being an investment trust of passive assets um, in the business and turn it almost into an operating business, list it on the AIM market of London Stock Exchange and turn it into an asset management or general partner GP. Um, The plan being to uh, offer Uh, A growth in specialist areas of asset management, particularly alternatives, and more specifically into real assets, uh, but also allow shareholders to come in to the listed vehicle of Gresham House and become more aligned with some of their asset classes that they wanted to get exposure to. Um, So we brought in some shareholders, uh, we brought in um, uh, some, some institutions, some family offices, some high net words, and the management team we We uh made a dramatic change in the management team, of course, there was effectively nobody left uh in the business when we took it on uh one person actually in a, a finance man is left from 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 those days and we um we uh started on our journey uh, and if you fast forward, we now have an incredible shareholder base, a number of which are what we call strategic partners who want to be exposed to some of the asset classes we have um institutions the likes of Uh, the Local Government Pension Scheme called uh, Local Pensions Partnership, LPP. They're our largest shareholder. And we have other institutions like um, Aberdeen Standard, Schroder's, Aviva, Franklin Templeton, Majedi, uh, Rathbones. But also the management team have around 10% of the company, and they are fully behind and aligned with the success of of, of the business. And as far as the asset classes we now have under management, we have just over £3 billion worth of assets under management. Particular focus in our real assets division, where we have forestry and we're the UK's largest forestry asset manager. Uh, we have new energy, which includes renewables, typically uh, solar and wind, but also we're we're a significant player in battery storage, where we've launched an investment trust called Grid um, uh, about nearly two years ago. And we have a housing and infrastructure uh, unit, which um, runs the British Strategic Investment Fund, a limited partnership, which again has local government pension scheme um, capital in it to target sub-100 million pound projects in the UK in sustainable infrastructure and sustainable or social housing. We also have a strategic equity division which which owns uh, the unit's private equity, so the Barrensmead Venture Capital Trust products, and our specialist public equity area, um, which has investment trusts like Gresham House Strategic and some open-ended vehicles, um, in there as well. Gresham House multi-cap Income and Gresham House um, uh, Microcap with a 10-year very strong track record. So we have quite an array of specialist products, platforms. So each of those have their own organic growth path. The last five years has been supplemented by some acquisitions. So a few months ago, we, we bought a housing um, asset manager called Trade Risks, uh, which brought with it an investment trust called Resi Reit which is focused on retirement housing and shared ownership housing. Um, so we have a business which has grown organically, substantially, but also has been supplemented by these acquisitions over the last few years. We have a very rigorous acquisition programme and process um, given the the background of the people involved in the business, particularly myself um, uh, as a private equity background individual, um, as well as public equity when prior, in the, the 90s where I was at Phillips and Drew Fund Management running uh, uh, UK equity capital there. So we have a culture of investing, a culture of build business building, but also uh, the, the raison d'etre when we started this business would to, to be aligned with shareholders and more aligned with clients uh, in order to grow in the real assets and specialist alternative asset management area. We're, in, we're, we're pleased where we are after five years, no question, but there is a long way to go. Our, our, our investment horizons are long-term. Um, our average limited partnership length is 15 or 16 years of of, of um, vehicle length. Um, and we have a number of investment trusts, again, who which are evergreen and therefore long-term. And, and our journey, whilst five years may seem like a long time, it's gone very quickly, and there's m- many more years to come. Uh, and our vision is well beyond where we are today. So um, we're pleased where we are. It's been a significant transformation of Gresham House. Uh, let's hope that um, the next 160 years are as Uh, as as profitable or as successful as we have, we appears to have been for the last five years.
0: I think if we're talking about 160 years, we're taking the future thinking concept to new heights. I think we've only been talking sort of five, 10, 15 year timeframe so far. Thank you for that, Tony. That was a very comprehensive overview and just a couple of points to come out of that. One, and it may sound simplistic, Were you surprised by the uptake were you surprised by the interest you talked about some of your asset management partners there and from our side we've spoken to a lot of them it seems like an area they want to get into but were you surprised by how much they they have thrown themselves into this
1: uh not not really because if you during the the 2010 um financial crisis very clear that um investors were reviewing how they were investing and there were different themes at that time as i say one was uh, alignment with managers. The second one was fees. People had an increased focus on fees. And as you go through 2015 and beyond, um, fees is, 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 is absolutely significant. And it's almost taken as red now that there is fee pressure. Um, but more importantly, people are focused on the next characteristics, which is ESG or environmental, social and governance, which which plays into the real assets themes. And some of the anecdotal um, uh, case studies I often use uh, uh, is the fact that, you know, if you go back 15 years and people talking about um, solar and wind, they were things that people would never have considered uh, having exp- exposure to or, or, or within their investment portfolio. But now they are. To, to almost taken as red that they're normal asset classes. And and again, if you go back 20 or 25 years, private equity was the same thing. Very few people had exposure to private equity. If you did do that, you typically had it through um, the listed exposure of 3i or maybe Electra in the UK. But now fast forward, a large amount of um, uh, institutional money is is allocated to private equity. It's taken as almost a normal asset class to get exposure to. So the evolution of asset allocators has been dramatic over the last 10 years. Um, uh, strategic asset allocation, the, the the complexities of risk and the management of risk has led to people looking for um, ways of diversification, for capturing alpha, um, for income yield as interest rates have fallen globally over the last 10 years. So a number of the, 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 the um, the, the insights and the understanding of, of things has become much greater over the last number of years in order to try and gain exposure to long term asset classes and illiquid asset classes. And so, no, it's not been a surprise. But I, and I do expect the theme to continue dramatically over the, uh, the medium term.
0: You touched upon liquidity there and how people have become more familiar with it. But liquidity is especially with everything that's happened over the past two months liquidity has come to the fore in quite a a significant way. How much of it is a factor for you as a product provider? How much are you able to um, respond to client needs? Because we hear from our side what we consider traditional asset managers. There is that fight between giving retail investors access to funds that they perhaps shouldn't be in. How much can you still sate the need for return without leading people to be overstretched in liquidity terms?
1: So an important point, an education of um, investors on the underlying asset classes is is critical. Uh, It is important not to have a mismatch between expectations for an asset class. You know, take forestry, for example. You should not be investing in forestry if you've got a a, a, a short-term, three-month investment horizon. This is a long-term asset class which has proven itself both as a diversifier and a, a financial capital return generator. But you shouldn't be in it for, for a short term period. So educating investors that this isn't these are asset classes you need to commit to for the long term is um, integral, uh, and it also means that that when you do get to these liquidity crunches windows where where, where a risk appetite may be reduced, um, you need to refer back to that education process and, and remind investors that the long term view the ra- the rationale for the original investments was such. That will generate the financial returns, but they are long-term. And now, arguably, the opportunities when those that when these types of windows arise is to invest in these these asset classes, because some people do have liquidity problems, which lead to uh, valuation dislocations and and therefore opportunities to make longer-term, even greater returns. So the real key point there, I would say, is one of education at the outset for the investors of the type of asset class and the fact that it is a long-term and liquid investment.
0: With that, I think it ties in nicely to um, trends we've seen recently within real assets, because um, I mentioned just before we started the call with recording at the end of May, uh, companies like Shopify have decided that they won't be going back to real working environments they won't have offices anymore and it's tied to the point of education how much of real assets do you think is still people think it's just property funds or it's just real estate and and how diversified is it because your your core tenants of forestry new energy housing and infrastructure they all cover quite a wide array of things
1: In, in the long term um they they are very diversified right um but in the short term almost all asset classes particularly around when people get stressed, um, almost all asset classes correlate to one in the short term as, as people look for uh, risk reduction and, and liquidity. But the long term, you know, the, the, the diversification between forestry, renewables, housing, infrastructure um, is, is is pretty reasonable. So, you know, back to your question around what does this, this sort of this new age uh, um, may throw up for, for two aspects. One, the, the, the general asset management working environment, and then two, perhaps the particular asset classes. One, look, the it, it, the the value of individuals being and working face to face um should not be underestimated. the The culture uh, changes that will happen if people don't work face to face should not be dismissed. Now, there are clearly roles um where you don't need to be face to face on a daily basis, and and that that they will evolve. and you can see, um, uh, you know, most companies that we've been talking to the last few weeks have, have starting to view their property demands and requirements post this crisis. And of course, that will have a knock-on impact for their demand for capacity or, or, or a floor space use and then the knock-on valuation of that floor space. So they'll all go right through the system. However, we recognize that, that try, building a business with a culture that wants to uh, look after its clients, wants to spark ideas um, uh, and generate value add is 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 easier when you're in a face to face environment. Does that mean hundred percent face to face? No, not necessarily. But it certainly means that um, it's not zero. So therefore, coming to 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 a, a landing place, which of what the 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 right amount of time is going to be a really tricky discussion over the the short term. And I we're going through it. I know other companies are going through it. Um, but as far as specifically. For each asset class, you know you, you, there are certain that you know in forestry, um, uh, you will you will still need to get out into the forest. You will still need to um, uh, measure, um, oversee some of the harvesting operations, and uh, in order to make sure that they have been doing, done appropriately. So, um, being able to sit back within a closed environment uh, has never been the the way the way forward, and it won't change necessarily really going forward um, uh, again when it comes to some of the, uh, the new, the, the, the renewable side of things, now, these are areas where you do need still to be uh, a lot of manual labors involved, um, supply chain management. Um, so you know, some of those things really still do require face-to-face, um, uh, uh, re- uh, have face-to-face demands. Now clearly a lot of things can be done from an office space um, using video conference. But, but, at the end of the day, um, there is still going to be a requirement to be on site doing various things as as, as, as required. So, when you look at some of our asset classes, um, uh, you know they, they, this environment the digitalization environment what may increase uh, speed of and efficiency of process, of legal, of contracts, of of pricing. But as far as doing um, uh, the day-to-day implementation of making these things work, uh, and, and, and established, they they will still require the same processes as they were previously.
0: Sure, I think it's it's going to be a situation where there'll be, like you said, efficiency gains where they can be because of this. But the reality of real assets, without being trite, is that they are in the real world. A lot of them are tangible assets that do involve human interaction and human involvement.
1: Indeed, indeed, and um, and I think you know the 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 power of the individual. Um, working within a team, um, if you believe in that, that, that culture should not be lost in all, in all asset classes as well as uh, asset management as a business. And um, the, the value uh, it, it are, are the people within an asset management firm and, and therefore them being able to work together as a unit, as a team on a regular basis should not be overlooked uh, in this environment.
0: One thing that has come up in a few things you've said, though, is, is the link and the crossover between real assets and sort of the ESG agenda. And we've seen it from our side of it becoming more and more pertinent that the two things go hand in hand, especially as the ESG story moves on to impact. How much do you think those two things will continue to dovetail and will they support each other? Are they complementary in that sense?
1: Uh, absolutely. The, this environment um, will lead to asset allocation committees coming back to the table in order to make their um, uh, changes or refinements to their allocation policy. And when they last did it, um, ESG may have been on the agenda, but it would have been somewhere on the agenda. Uh, Go back two years, uh, it would have been a bit lower down the agenda, three years, a bit lower down. Now, as they come back to the table and they start allocating across different asset classes, um, it will be very close to the top of the agenda. And, um, and, and as a result of that, it will be increasingly be a theme that is built into any investment process uh, and objectives. And I think this is an important point, point. one doesn't have to generate or sorry, uh, give up um, financial returns in order to, to satisfy ESG objectives. And, and that's something which I suspect over the next few years will be recognised. And as a result of that, um, we'll move into the next, the next uh, um, a phase of people recognising that the ESG, uh, is is simply something that is part and parcel of day to day, rather than having to compromise on other financial returns.
0: Just finally, um, Tony, we could, we've covered quite a few of the topics that I was hoping to. And if I could bring it back to you and, and the company, if we were to have this conversation in ten years, where would you want Gresham House to be? What would you like to have achieved over that period? So
1: um, I say there's there's three things: there's financially, uh, there's strategically, and then there's the people aspect. I mean, the the, the people aspect. Um, we, we want the welfare of the, the people to be one where they're happy to be working and it, it is in a content place to, to, to be involved with. Um, the way that we phrase that is, is an asset to covet. We want Gresham House to be an asset to covet with all stakeholders pleased to be involved, both uh, from employees, investors and shareholders to be proud of being involved with Gresham House. Financially, of course, we, 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 need, we aim to double shareholder value every uh, five years. Uh, four to five years. Um, that leads us to having EBITDA margins of over 40% plus and to, to increase our assets under management um, uh, concurrently with that. And then strategically, we've got some very big market shares in, in, in um, areas like battery storage, venture capital trusts, forestry, sustainable infrastructure, strategic public equity, and we want to uh, maintain and, and, and grow those market shares, as well as the fact that we have ESG embedded within our business and become at the forefront of, of that as that as that area builds as well. So we have financial strategic, and then we have that qualitative asset to cover overarching objective over the next 10 years.
0: Fantastic. Well, it'd be good to catch up in 2013 to see how much of that has been achieved. Tony, thank you very much for joining me.
1: Pleasure, look forward to that as well.